Guideline First Look Guideline for Prevention of Venous Thromboembolism by Lisa Croak The updated AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Venous Thromboembolism, provides recommendations on creating and implementing a protocol to prevent venous thromboembolism, VTE, including deep vein thrombosis, via mechanical or pharmacologic prophylaxis. It also provides guidance on preventing pulmonary embolism resulting from deep vein thrombosis. Quote, This guideline focuses on preventing VTE for our surgical patients because a deep vein thrombosis that forms within the deep veins of the legs during or after surgery can travel to the lungs, becoming a life-threatening pulmonary embolism. Therefore, it is critical for perioperative nurses to understand the importance of VTE prevention in the OR. End quote, said Emily Jones, AORN perioperative practice specialist and lead author of the guideline. The guideline, which was last updated in 2017, will be available in the AORN eGuidelines Plus in January 2023. Nurse-Driven Protocols Quote, Evidence supports the implementation of nurse-driven protocols to improve patient outcomes, reduce VTE in surgical patients, and increase adherence to mechanical VTE prophylaxis devices. End quote. Jones said. As such, two new recommendations were added in this update regarding nurse-driven protocols that may be part of the healthcare organization's VTE protocol. The first is that the feasibility of implementing a nurse-driven protocol to increase adherence to mechanical VTE prophylaxis should be assessed. The second is that the protocol may include nurse-initiated mechanical VTE prophylaxis with intermittent pneumatic compression for patients who are at risk of VTE and who are without contraindications because the benefits of this approach likely outweigh the risks of not using prophylaxis in at-risk patients. Risk Assessment Jones indicated that the updated guideline builds on the previous recommendation to perform comprehensive VTE and bleeding risk assessments before surgery to help guide appropriate VTE prophylaxis. A new recommendation outlines criteria for VTE risk assessment, including that the evaluation should be individualized, include a VTE risk assessment tool, take the planned procedure into consideration, include participation from the patient and family, when possible, be started before the day of surgery, when possible, and be reviewed on the day of surgery. A new recommendation outlines criteria for the VTE risk assessment tool that should be used when performing the VTE risk evaluation, including that it should be evidence-based and validated, stratify risk via a score or category, be simple to implement, and support standardized communication regarding VTE risk. Using a standardized tool improves the accuracy of the VTE risk assessment, promotes adherence to VTE prophylaxis, and supports team member communication. Quote, The literature demonstrates that the Caprini VTE risk assessment tool is the most widely used and extensively validated tool for VTE risk assessment in surgical patient populations. End quote, Jones said. 
a VTE patient questionnaire that patients fill out ahead of an in-person appointment with their provider, also may be used as part of the VTE risk assessment to help decrease the time required to complete the assessment and reduce complexity of the evaluation. Although the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality recommends that a standardized bleeding risk assessment be used to improve the reliability of VTE protocols, there are no bleeding risk assessment tools validated in surgical patients. Thus, an interdisciplinary team should design and implement a standardized bleeding risk assessment that can be performed concurrently with a VTE risk assessment. Any intraoperative events that increase the risk of VTE and bleeding, for example, longer operative time, major blood loss, placement of an immobilizing cast of a lower limb, should be discussed during the handover. Prophylaxis A new recommendation was added to ask patients about any religious or cultural concerns they may have during the assessment for contraindications to pharmacologic prophylaxis. For example, heparin-based medications can have animal origins and be a concern because of religious or cultural beliefs. Quote, If a patient expresses concerns with receiving an animal-derived anticoagulant medication, the perioperative nurse should notify the prescriber and the anesthesia professional, who can discuss these concerns with a patient and identify an available alternative. End quote, Jones said. A new section on postoperative ambulation was added in this update, although most of the recommendations are from the previous version of the guideline. Jones indicated that this was done to emphasize the importance of postoperative ambulation. Quote, Early postoperative ambulation decreases venous stasis in the lower extremities with a contraction of the foot and calf muscles, which can assist with VTE prevention. End quote, she said. All patients should ambulate postoperatively as soon as possible. Each patient should undergo an evaluation of their fall risk and have appropriate preventive measures implemented. Factors associated with delayed postoperative ambulation, for example, inadequate pain control, immobility, presence of tubes or drains, should be identified and minimized. A new recommendation also was added that foot and ankle exercises should not replace early and frequent postoperative ambulation. Patient Education A new recommendation was added that education on BTE prevention for patients and their caregivers should occur before surgery. According to Jones, beginning patient education about BTE prevention before surgery has been shown to increase patient knowledge of BTE and the use of mechanical prophylaxis postoperatively, although additional research is needed to better understand the optimal timing and technique for preoperative patient education. Quote, Perioperative nurses are instrumental in providing education to patients and their families. End quote, she said. Quote, With the education provided, patients can better understand their individual risk of VTE, ways to prevent VTE even after they leave the hospital, and who to contact if VTE is suspected. End quote. Conclusion This guideline provides updated recommendations related to VTE protocols to improve patient outcomes, risk assessment, mechanical and pharmacologic prophylaxis, 
and preoperative patient education. Quote, Hospital-associated VTE remains a major public health concern, and many VTE events can be prevented through consistent adherence to the organization's VTE protocol that includes a comprehensive VTE and bleeding risk assessment and appropriate VTE prophylaxis. End quote. Jones concluded. Quote, By implementing these evidence-based clinical recommendations for VTE prevention, it is AORN's goal that all patients undergoing surgery will receive the appropriate VTE prophylaxis based on their individual clinical condition, resulting in fewer hospital-associated VTE events. End quote. 